Yeah, it looks like it looks like someone maxed out all the cheat codes on SimCity. Yes. And put everything that they could in and they built Vancouver. Welcome to Taste BC Radio, where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan. And we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBC Radio or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. All right, tasters, let's get into it. We got an email. (gasps) The email says, hey, guys. Love the show so far. One thing I wanted to know was, how did you guys decide to do this? Hmm. That's a very valid question. Well, I think this is something that we should talk about 100%. So it's kind of a funny story. I'm really into podcasts. I listen to a ton and ton of podcasts. When I run, when I bike, when I walk, all all chances I get to, to listen to the podcast, I'm listening to podcasts. And I've always kind of had this fantasy of having a podcast, but I never really thought of what would be a great one to do. I've had several ideas of wanting to do this project or that project, but never really felt super, super passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And in addition, I never thought of doing one with a person. I always thought it'd be very structured and a little bit more scripted. Right. And then I eventually got the idea and said, Hey, I have an idea. I think Dan would be right for the job. And we decided to, start working on a podcast idea and the original concept once upon a time Mm. was that we were going to find random topics that we found interesting and surprise each other by educating them each other on those topics Mm. (laughs) what what we originally were going to do was have a very similar format but it would be dan would teach me about a subject that he thought was super interesting and then I would teach him about a subject that I thought was super interesting, hoping that neither he nor I already knew about that subject. Yeah. And we were all gung-ho to do this. And that was what, Dan, in kind of November time? Yeah. Around there? Yeah, it was was around there because I was still commuting back and forth from Vancouver. Uh, So, yeah, it would have been that time. It was, yeah, it was somewhere in the Burr month. And (laughs) we decided we wanted to, to take it on. So we actually figured out the software, figured out the microphones we wanted to use. We got all the the stuff for it. And then we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to start recording and hopefully launch for January 1st. Mm -hmm. Was it in December that we were going to record and then you guys bought a house or, or had to move? What was the first major delay? Oh, what was the first major delay? I think I think we I were think planning we... on recording in January. Yeah, near the so that would have been probably our decision to sell the house. Right. Um, so so we ended up fi- putting it off cuz or we wanted to get through the holidays cuz it's such a busy time yeah. and then we decided we were going to record on January. I think it was like the first week of January and yeah. we actually sat down and recorded an incredibly awkward uh very not well structured podcast episode and decided okay that's great we did i think a couple of promos for it as well yeah and then we said okay we'll we'll reconvene in a week or two and work on the next one and see how kind of editing this one goes and see what we can learn from it yeah then that's when you guys had to sell your house yeah and so that delayed everything we said okay well whatever we have time to sort it out 
well, one thing led to another and it was months down the road that we were even able to think about it again. Yeah. And it kind of, and then at that point we kind of, I think there was a kind of a realization on both sides that maybe the subject matter of the podcast was a bit too like vague and too general and it was hard to like or at least I found it like difficult to pick like a super interesting topic because it was so general we were saying like we'll just pick something at random and it was just like oh man that's like there's so many things to talk about what do I talk about and then I think you you came up with the idea of well what are we both passionate about? What do we both love to talk about? And what do we continuously talk about when we meet in person? Well, we love beer. We love food. We love the experience of it all. Why don't we talk about that in BC? There's no shortage, as we've heard last episode, there's no shortage of new uh, places to eat or drink food. Exactly. Or drink. It really worked out well because I remember you saying a few years ago, well, several years ago now, that you you Mm. wanted to start a beer blog. And... Without any other context whatsoever, I said, hey, Dan, do you want to change the format of the podcast and do food and drink in BC instead? Plus, it'll be kind of like you get your beer blog. Yeah. And you said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was a bit more enthusiastic than that, but <laughs> I think it was a resounding, yes, this sounds awesome. This sounds right. Yeah. And it was, the, it was the first time that we both felt so solid in the direction of it. Totally. Which made it a lot easier to plan for it and organize it and figure mm-hmm. out what we wanted to do with the the structure and the way that we run the podcast itself. We had clunky episodes and I f- think we're getting better and kind of mm-hmm. finding our, our rhythm a bit more and we'll continue to over the next several months. And we are really happy with where we ended up with this. So, um, it probably will always stay a little bit beer heavy, thanks to Dan's influence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that at all, no. Well, because there's like constantly new breweries opening up. There's a new one in Sydney just up the road, not just up the road, but about 20 minutes away from us that uh, just opened up recently. So I'm going to have to go check that out. And maybe I'll, maybe in a few episodes we'll talk about that report back yeah yeah absolutely yeah actually we so we haven't officially announced this until now but we will be doing a extra special bonus episode before or between this episode and the next episode that comes out and Mm -hmm. in that we'll also be talking about a tremendous amount of beer but also exactly what you said other breweries that have not even yet opened Mm -hmm. so Last episode, we talked about Justin McElroy going to 143 breweries in BC. But as I mentioned then, that's already at least 145. So it's endless and it's really exciting. That being said, with sadness in my heart, I have to give a RIP to Raven Brewing in Deep Cove as it's closing officially. What? Uh, permanently, no yes. So oh, no. that's that's one that we've lost, and I've had a few of the, their beers, and they're fantastic. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. they're really good, great little brewery and and pub and everything. But unfortunately, I I think I guess they sold or or whatever, and unfortunately, they will be gone now. Oh, oh, that's a shame. That's a real shame. I quite liked them. Oh, that's awful. Well, just as that one shuts down, a new one opens in my side of the the pond, I guess. So. That's the circle of the brewery life, I guess. Oh, so it turns out that they aren't permanently closing. They're just closing and moving. 
Oh. So the the pub that they had in Deep Cove is gone, and now they're moving to Abbotsford to have a brewery and distillery. Oh, okay. So Deep Cove okay. is losing a brewery, but it's not shutting down completely. Oh, that's good news. I'm glad to hear So that. that's an RIP for North Vancouver, but it's yeah. it's a... Uh, Oh, that's, that's welcome that's, with that's open good. arms to Abbotsford. Yeah, <laughs> which is a pretty hopping, uh, uh, pun intended, place for beer these days. Lots of really like Fieldhouse breweries out there, and uh, a few others that are super, super good. Yeah, the stretch between Abbotsford and Chilliwack is just getting phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll have to take a road trip. You know me and my road trips. Well, I'm here. It's easy for me. I can I can go anytime. <laughs> Stupid ferry. Hey, okay. Uh, you know what? I want to give a shout out to the BC ferries, and here's why. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to the BC ferries. Whoever was working on uh, July 24th at the BC ferries, the absolute chaos that ensued that day worked in my favor, and to that I say thank you. And I'm going to tell this story. So when we were coming over to visit you last week, yeah. we had a ferry reservation for 7 p.m. And we got down there. We got at there at about 5.30 because we were going to try to hope to get on the 6 o'clock because we were able to get out of work early. And when we arrived, I, I asked the, the person at the till and said, hey, I have a 7 o'clock, but I see that the 6 o'clock is not quite full. It's almost full. Do you think there is enough room for me to sneak onto that one? And the person at the till said, I wouldn't recommend it because if you get in that line, you lose your reservation for the seven o'clock. And I said, uh, but if I'm on this, if I'm not on the six o'clock, I'll be on the seven o'clock because it's not full. And they said, not necessarily. And hmm. so I said, okay, whatever. I'll just take the seven o'clock. <laughs> and they said, lane 43. And so away I went into lane 43. And I it was the correct lane. I know that. Yeah. Again, and get there and park and say, okay, I'm going to go get, uh, go to the bathroom, go get maybe a coffee or whatever. And so I get out of the car. Kalina, my wife, is with me. And she's in the passenger side. And I get out of the car. I go into the whatever, that little market or whatever they have yep. there. Yeah. I'm waiting to get a coffee. I'm about to pay for my coffee. And I get a phone call from Kalina and she says, hey, I'm driving on the ferry right now. And I said, what do you mean you're driving on the ferry right now? And she says, I'm driving on the ferry right now. <laughs> and I said, uh, okay. And so I turn to the barista and I say, I'm sorry, I can't get that. I have to go. And I bolt out to, and I go running across the parking lot. I see all the cars moving where my car was supposed to be. It was gone. And I go, oh, no. And so I'm still on the phone with Kalina. And I said, where are you? And she's like, I'm right underneath the sign on the entrance to the overpass, like where they go up to the second story of the, the ferry. And I said, okay. And I was going to frog her straight across that part, the, those cars <laughs> going on to the ferry. And one of the, the flags persons were stopped and said wait what are you doing i said i have to get in my car it's right there and they said the white one i said no the red one and then they said okay i'll stop traffic and so they stop traffic and they say okay go and then the other flags person is like where are you going and i'm like i have to get in my car it's right there and they said is it i'm like 
they're like, which one? I said, the red one. They said, the Tesla. I'm like, no, the Toyota. <laughs> and then they say, they say, okay, go. And I go and I get in the car. And for some reason, I still don't know why we are on the six o'clock ferry. And it was lovely. So the chaos worked in my favor. And to whoever may have missed the ferry, because I somehow was on it, not by my fault, I apologize. <laughs> But also it was to our benefit, so yeah. It was, Thank <laughs> it you was to our benefit, yes. So one way or another, BC Ferries, that, that worked out well. Oh, it's okay, we paid for it on the way back because our ferry was about almost an hour late getting oh, in. No. So, oh, really? Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. But it's okay. Rather, I'd rather have the early time on the way there than on the way back. So Totally. That's my, that's my one and only shout out to BC Ferries. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they may not get that many. Yeah. No, that's okay. They're only an essential service and part of the Canadian highway, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a discussion for another podcast. So anyway, that was a huge tangent, but I just wanted to tell that story because it was, uh, you made me think of it when you brought up the BC ferries. So anyway, nice. moral of the story You're is welcome. make a reservation and then just say screw it and get on whatever ferry you want. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That's definitely the lesson to take from this. <laughs> All right, you want to get started? Yeah, let's get her done. So, Jeff, I've got a pretty special uh, topic for today, and it's, uh, believe it or not, it's kind of kind of a five-in-one. We were supposed to just do a restaurant, and here you are. You're going to show me up again. <laughs> this is like the second or third time I've done this, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. only the only reason is is that they have a couple of a few locations in the uh, in Victoria and Sydney, but uh, I think it's a okay. really worthwhile uh, restaurant uh, to talk about for many different reasons. I think it fits the bill completely of what I look for and what I really like to see in uh, restaurants, which is. A focus on locally sourced and farm to table kind of style. So the restaurant that I want to talk about is called 10 Acres and 10 Acres has a commons, a bistro, pier, a cafe and market. So it is a true five in one. I will kind of I'll talk a little bit about what each of those locations brings to the table. Again, pun intended. <laughs> they generally have the same goal, which is to provide uh, locally sourced farm-to-table food. And the really neat thing about it is they actually have a farm in North Saanich, kind of close to where the BC Ferries Terminal, coincidentally, is. Uh, most, if not all, of their vegetables, fruit, and most of their livestock come from this farm. I tried to find out if it's actually a 10-acre farm, and that's why they call themselves 10 acres, but I wasn't able to fully confirm whether that is true or not. So I'm not going to make a claim that it is, because I don't know for sure. <laughs> so really cool that the, the, the ingredients that you eat from this restaurant comes from a farm that is literally 25 kilometers away from the downtown restaurants and across the highway, basically, from the Sydney locations. So I, I think that's really cool. Like I said, there's four physical locations in Victoria and Sydney. The Commons and the Bistro are located in downtown Victoria, right across the street from the Empress Hotel in the Inner Harbour. Kind of a little bit about each of them. The, the Bistro offers kind of a more comfortable and intimate environment to enjoy your food, uh, whereas the Commons feels more like a lively brew pub with a outdoor patio that overlooks part of the Empress 
the inner harbor and depending on where you're sitting on the patio views of the parliament building so really nice uh really fun place to to go and enjoy a drink after work with your friends and enjoy a nice meal as well in the in the sydney locations both the pier what they call the pier and the cafe are located in the pier hotel uh, in sydney so you get to enjoy really nice seaside dining with lovely views of the gulf islands and the san juan islands which are just the small islands that are located just off the coast of the mainland and kind of in between vancouver island and the mainland of where vancouver and that is located the cafe and market which is kind of right beside the the pier restaurant is kind of i mean the name speaks for itself it's a cafe <laughs> so it's a really nice looking cafe it's got a partially covered outdoor seating area you can enjoy local coffee tea uh, house-made treats but they also serve beer wine ice cream and gelato which is kind of neat the last kind of part that they recently introduced, and I think it was partly to do with COVID, was uh, what they call the market. And within the cafe, you can uh, buy kind of pre-made meals that were made by the, by, I guess, 10 Acres Pier restaurant. So, it, which is kind of neat because you take it frozen and you can just thaw it or warm it up in your house and you can enjoy the kind of local farm-to-table meal in the comfort of your own home, which I think is kind of cool. It's awesome. Yeah, they also offer it online, so you can go and order, and they offer free delivery within Greater Victoria, which I think is really nice as well. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I really like that they've brought multiple locations into this that kind of give different, I guess, vibes for whatever you're kind of feeling at the time, but they also stay true to their roots no matter which location you go to. So most of the ingredients, I don't think they can get, they obviously can't do fish, so they hire local fishermen to catch their fish, obviously, but uh, the majority of the ingredients are from the farm. I really like that this ring of restaurants has multiple locations, but with each with a kind of a different vibe for depend, for different people. So not everybody wants to go yeah. to a brew pub. Uh, some want to sit down and have a nice dinner. Some just want to grab a quick bite to eat and dine and dash, if you will, with actually paying your bill. Please pay your bill. <laughs> but they always stay true to their to their roots, which is locally sourced farm to table practices. So yeah. like I said, most of the most of the ingredients are grown on their farm and sh- and sent to the the specific locations to be made into their meals, which I think is really yeah. cool. It's really nice that they're it's nice that they're able to do slightly different concepts but under the same kind of umbrella and philosophy and ethic and mm-hmm. and whatever allowing them to explore not just this is five different locations of the same thing and maybe slightly different menus but this actually they don't cannibalize their own sales as -hmm. well so they get to be closer and easier to explore hey maybe this dish works at the or doesn't work at the restaurant but it'll work great at the cafe because it's a bit of a lower price point and it's a little bit less sit down and eat and more kind of grab and goey yeah so that's yeah it's a really great way to to explore those different options it's super cool absolutely and uh, another reason why i love them is uh, they wanted to practice sustainable agriculture so all of the the food scraps from all of their restaurants will go back to the farm to create fertilizer for the uh, crops which i think is really cool and a good and awesome. what we should be doing anyway right i don't know how often that's done but 
that's that's something that should be done across the board in my opinion yeah when you look at the menus at each of them there's a general theme across all of the restaurants and it's pretty safe to say it's a west coast style so lots of seafood options when you look at the menu in the in the commons it's more kind of pub style food with lots of sharing plates there's charcuterie there's a, a smoked barbecue meat uh, selection so which is really nice they also also offer sushi salads burgers bowls which is all really great. They also uh, like to sort locally source their wines and other drinks. Their wines are chosen by their resident sommelier, which is really cool, I think. Awesome. Yeah. You can also get cocktails, which I one in particular kind of caught my caught my eye, which was a cocktail uh, that was mixed with kombucha, which I thought was an interesting twist, and I don't think Yeah, I've it's starting seen. to happen. Is it's it? It's starting to happen a little bit now and it, I I love it cuz it it's like doing soda water, but with more flavor. So yeah, <laughs> and like an adult soda water. <laughs> well, and a lot of kombucha is actually lightly alcoholic anyway. Yeah, but most of the most of the kombuchas that you'll get from the store are dealcoholized so that right. they can be sold as like a soda. But if if you properly make kombucha, mm-hmm. it actually will have anywhere from one to five percent alcohol really? content in it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was that high. Wow. Yeah, because all the ones that you see in store are like 0.5 or trace amounts. 0.5 or less, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I guess that makes sense with the fermentation process, so. Yeah. Moving on. In the bistro, you find the same style of food, by which I mean West Coast inspired, but more fine dining kind of style. So lots of nice sounding seafood options, uh, salmon, but you also got like New York steak. Uh, and a lot of really nice sounding pasta dishes. So it sounds, it, from looking in, it sounds more fancy time. And again, when you look at the bistro itself, it fits, the menu fits the ambiance, which is really nice to see. In the pier, so similar options to the downtown locations, except they also have a pizza selection, which is neat as well. And they advertise that their dough is a 48 hour aged sourdough which I don't know if I've ever had, but that sounds really good. So with that, I assume that just is the starter that's aged 48 hours. So right. typically a sourdough will be aged about 24 hours. So it'll just give it a bit more of like a punginess to it. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. That's what I look yeah. for in my dough, a punginess. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> um, the And then the great thing about the pier is if uh, you don't see anything on the on the dessert menu that uh, that you like, you have the cafe right beside it, which uh, you can have some uh, ice cream or gelato for hot summer days like today. They also offer a wide range of locally roasted coffee, in-house made treats, and in-house made breakfast sandwiches, lunch sandwiches, and salads. All made ready to go. Super cool. Yeah. So the downtown location for 10 Acres Commons is... And the bistro is 620 Humboldt Street. They're actually right next to each other, which I found really interesting. The location of the pier is 2538 Beacon Avenue. And then the the cafe is right beside that. I believe that they hold the same address, which is kind of neat as well. So they both they seem to pair one another together, which is kind of neat. That's perfect, yeah. Yeah. So the 10 Acres Farm is actually located on 1402 McTavish Road in North Saanich. So, but unlikely that you could visit there or whatever. So Don't think you can. Yeah. Uh, some places like that will do farm tours for select mm-hmm. groups, like other restaurants or, you know, whatever. So 
Yeah. It's still interesting to know. Absolutely. So which of the which of the five or which of the four do you like the best uh, as an overall experience? I would say the the commons for me is the more, more favorable one. Just the so you like the one. you like the 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 one with beer more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they all serve beer, but this one like it just has a really nice vibe, and you have a really good view of the Inner Harbor and Parliament, and right. it's just a really nice place to be. They do it That's very awesome. well there. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And what what's your what was your f- favorite dish from there? Uh, it was their uh, chicken burger, uh, which is what I had when I was there. I'm a sucker for a good chicken burger, and this was like checked all the boxes for me. It comes with crispy. It's a crispy chicken burger. It's got guacamole, pico de gallo, pickled onions, a jalapeno, and aioli, a really nice aioli and uh, lettuce. And then I just had a side of fries with it. So really nice. Amazing. So we've arrived at the portion of our show where we like to talk about uh, things that we've recently eaten or drank in the past week or so. So Jeff, what do you got for me? Well, I have a bit more of an experience than just one food item because I went there and I bought about four or five things and ate them over the course of a road trip. So first of all, the name of the place is called Pink Avo. P-I-N-K-A-V-O. Yeah. And they're located in the heart of Langley. Okay. They're a little cafe that is entirely vegan vegetarian. And they have a ton of options from specialty coffees to a variety of avocado toasts or sandwiches, burgers, and bowls and salads. And then they also have features that they, they run during the time. And then they have your, your typical coffee shop uh, grab-and-go foods like loaves and muffins, cinnamon buns, stuff like that. But what I want to talk about specifically that what we got there, we got two different avocado toasts from them. Mm. One was called the basic and it's avocado, basil, vegan feta, balsamic drizzle, like a balsamic glazed drizzle. And then they were serving roast potatoes as a side as well. And so we got those instead of the side salad. I don't know how or why, but this was the first time I had an avocado toast with a balsamic glaze drizzle on it. I've had it with a little bit of balsamic on it before, and the vinegar makes it pop. Yeah. But I don't know if you've ever had a balsamic glaze before, and it has a little bit of a sweetness in addition to the tartness, and it really, really made it pop a lot, and it was absolutely delightful. Big time recommend for that. It's really good. Uh, A big portion size too, so really worth it. And then we got, for later, we got a Buddha Brat Bowl, which is really hard to say. Yeah. So it came with a Beyond Bratwurst, quinoa, avocado, edamame, snap peas, watermelon radish, roasted butternut squash, broccoli, greens, and a cilantro miso dressing. It sounds quite simple, but the combination between the brat and the cilantro dressing made the whole dish really balanced Mm -hmm. and really really flavorful and i'm not a huge fan of relying on fake meats to make a dish entirely what it is but in right. this dish it was very complimentary to have the sausage on it right and the dish without the sausage still would have been really good so i really enjoyed that and then also they had absolutely phenomenal coffee too so i got a lavender latte and it was just absolutely delightful we talked about a coffee shop in the previous episode and they did colored lattes specifically blue was lavender pink was beetroot gold was turmeric this one also does similar to that 
Mm. So their lavender latte was called her blue lavender latte. They also had a pink beetroot latte, matcha, whatever, all that. So getting the lavender latte was delightful. Just really hit the spot. We also got a couple of the the pastries that they had there. Mm. It was great. Just a couple of like cookies and banana bread or whatever. So whenever I go to a new place, I like to try absolutely everything. So so it's really hard to hold me back. I, there's there's a few more things on the menu that I just couldn't bring myself to also purchase, but I really want to go back and, and try them because um, I was really, really impressed with this place, especially because their kitchen was basically a salad bar with a couple hot plates and then one little countertop oven. Wow. So what they were able to do with such a small kitchen was really awesome to see. They were pumping out really high quality food out of out of there as well wow good for well you're a hard, you're a tough guy to impress <laughs> so that's uh i'm gonna have to check that out i do have to ask though do they actually have pink avocados there they well no <laughs> 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 and that's what i've been trying to figure out are they named after avo like avocado or is pink avo something else mm. maybe they could so. let us know if you listen to this, send us an email and let us know what the origin of your name is and we'll follow up on another episode. Yes, please do. Or if you just know, anybody can email. But no guesses. Yeah, <laughs> you have to know, no. <laughs> All right, Dan, what have you been drinking? I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm going for a drink this time. You're, you kind of went for the whole meal, whole kit and caboodle. But I'm just going for... Oh, well, I, technically I went for two meals because that was our breakfast and lunch that day. Oh, good grief. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a bunch of drinks to talk about from a newer one to me and kind of a, a bit of a branch out for me uh, away from kind of beer, wine. Uh, I've been really getting into uh, gin ba- or vodka based kind of like nudes, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But like ones with like low sugar, I can't, I can't really do super sweet. So this, this one, the, these guys seem to do things really, really nice. They have lots of interesting flavors very minimal sugar. Each can, I believe, only has four grams of sugar, which is great because awesome. I can just crush a few of them and not feel like I'm going to barf. They're called Straight and Narrow. They are kind of a branch of Victoria Distillers, which is really cool. So again, locally made here on the island in Victoria. They're the same company who does Empress 1908 Gin, which is oh okay of, great yeah, which I actually didn't know until I didn't I didn't know that was local. I didn't know Victoria Distillers did Empress 1908, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, super cool. Which is great, yeah. And so these these are vodka and gin-based cocktails that are made from the vodka and gin, gin, vodka and gin, made by Victoria Distillers, and they're crafted in Sydney, BC, which is kind of what we talked about earlier. It's close. It's the first town you pass when you get off the ferry in, at Schwartz Bay. They have a ton of different flavors, so they. I'm just looking on the... I, I've tried every one because <laughs> they always do like really good adventure packs, which is usually like uh, eight or or fifteen, and they'll do or eight or twelve, sorry, and they'll do uh, four flavors in each. So you get to try like their whole the whole shebang basically. So they have uh, black currant honeysuckle, uh, they've got plum sage, they've got yuzu chamomile so really interesting sounding flavors and each of them in their own way are just brilliant um so those ones were their kind of vodka cocktails in terms of the gin ones which i kind of lean towards more they have a grapefruit rosemary which 
through looking this up a little bit, uh, they get their rosemary and a lot of their herbs for their cocktails from Raven Hill Herb Farm, which is just 10 minutes away from their distiller distillery in uh, Victoria, which I, again, brilliant. That's awesome. That's super cool. Amazing. Yeah. Um, they've got a peach elderflower, which is one of my favorites. It's so good. I'm going through like a stone fruit fra- phase, I swear. Peach and... and yeah, you uh, are mango and oh yeah pear rhubarb is another one uh and lemon lavender is another one of my favorites it's hard to pick which one is my true favorite but i think the peach elderflower is my favorite but i love yuzu and i love that it's getting more popular i've been a yuzu fanatic since probably 2012 when i first discovered it and i'm really glad that people are starting to use it yeah we're kind of get <laughs> yuzu it <laughs> well you had a i think you had one of uh, the the straight and arrow when you were here a couple weeks ago uh no i didn't have kalina had some i didn't because you only had the gin ones and i am still working my way up to gin after absolutely despising it for many many years oh, so wow you learned something new about your friends every day i didn't it's know that my, it's the one it's the one you know everybody has that one alcohol they just yeah. can't do yep. gin is mine and i'm i'm working towards it i'm slowly getting back onto the onto the gin train but it's um it's slow this would be a good yeah. place to start because you don't really t- you do taste the gin but it's infused in other flavors so it'd be a good place to start if i can uh, give you some advice so are the are the gin ones made with empress are they purple <laughs> I don't think I don't think they use Empress for it. Uh, they may in the future, though. I think that gives them a really good idea. <laughs> they probably just they probably just use the same gin base and just don't put the pea flower in it. So. I think so. Yeah, probably the butterfly pea flower. Yeah, yeah, super good. If you see that, you see them in quite a few liquor stores around. Highly recommend if you're uh, a fan of um, vodka and gin based cocktails. They're absolutely fantastic and one of my favorites. Yeah, and what I like about these ones is similar to what I like about nudes is that they are not sweet and mm-hmm. they're not sugared or they're or they're barely sweetened at all. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the vodka sodas that you do see on the market will have that even even just like five to ten more grams of sugar in them, or they'll be cut with like a juice or whatever. Yeah. So it'll it'll just the the, the sweetness will add up, mm-hmm. and I mean. If you care about it, the calories will add up too as you're drinking them. And that's what's so great about these really, really kind of basic drinks. That's why people drink gin and tonics and vodka sodas in general. So Absolutely. it's really nice to have them. I think that they are only going up in popularity yeah. along with, you know, the nudes and the white claws and whatever else. So yeah. Yeah, these, uh, like I said, they they don't they're not short on flavors, and they're really really different compared to even other like nudes and stuff like that. Like they seem to really try to be creative with their flavor profiles, uh, and yet they don't taste overly sweet to you to when when you take a sip of it. They're fantastic, yeah. and only a hundred and ten calories a can. So there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, highly highly recommend. I really like the creativity with the the flavors. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And the cans are pretty cool, actually. When you look at them, they're like the pear and rhubarb has a, a someone paddle boarding on the water and uh, and kind of a campfire setting. So they're very West Coast inspired. That's for sure. Yeah. Almost every one of them is a water activity, except for the one random person biking. <laughs> but they have a surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. 
I also want to point out when I went to go pull up their website, there is a restaurant in, I guess, Vancouver called The Straight and Marrow, like Bone Marrow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is this? I wonder if they carry The Straight and Narrow as almost just like, this is so close to the same name, we, we should carry them as well. <laughs> do you, yeah, do you think we can go to The street, Straight and Marrow and order a Straight and Narrow? Yes, 100%. You should 100% try. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what do you got for me this week? Well, I have a two for one. Ooh. Yeah. So <laughs> I have, well, I was going to just do the one restaurant, but then I figured I would do their sister restaurant as well, since you were doing the little five in one show off. <laughs> so I'll start with the original restaurant and it is, well, okay. First of all, you know how big sushi is in Vancouver, right? Oh my gosh. It's massive. Yeah. So one of the biggest centers for sushi is british columbia in general but specifically the vancouver area mm-hmm. realistically a lot of sushi places are kind of dime a dozen and it's really rare for one to really really stand out and that's f- fine because you get what you get and if you want to get your three rolls and this place is closer to your house then great go go there nothing wrong with that but when one does come along that really does stuff differently and changes the whole script around the way that we eat a specific food, it's definitely worth noting. So this one specifically is coming up on 40 years old. What? Yeah. Wow. And it's called the Eatery and it's in Kitsilano in Vancouver. Yeah. And so they were established in 1983 and was developed as an Asian fusion restaurant. And they call themselves the funkiest place in Vancouver for Japanese food. Huh. So what they do is they take your basic sushi menu and then they absolutely explode it and see how elaborate they can go with it and how how much they can evolve that into something completely different. So... To give you a sense of that, I have to give you a sense of what the restaurant is like as an experience in general. Right. So when you walk in, it's a dimly lit, massive room with, and it's broken up by a bunch of different rooms. When you first walk in, it could be just this tiny little area, but then you realize you can go through this kind of doorway and then there's this huge opening and then there's this doorway and there's a huge opening. And so they have a ton of different spots for eating. And so most groups can go in big groups, small groups, whatever. Very often, pretty easy to get in. Right. And the whole theme is underwater inside the restaurant. What? So hanging from the ceilings are these just grotesque sea creatures. <laughs> and they're like, they're like paper mache or like plastic or these just really interesting experience. You have to see a picture of it. Uh, if if you don't if you haven't been there and you want to see what it looks like, just go on their website and you can tell even just by opening their their website, it opens to this page of just this absolute chaotic scene of a city and there's like a sushi tower spinning and all these like futuristic kind of like robots running around and it's it's this, it's it's almost like a Where's Waldo page, <laughs> but really vibrantly colored and really kind of futuristic looking. Wow, look at that. Uh, it so, is wild to look at. I'm on the website now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> how, how would you describe it? It's just like this old school kind of computer video game vibe. <laughs> 
Yeah, it looks like it looks like someone maxed out all the cheat codes on SimCity. Yes. And put everything that they could in and they built Vancouver because it has Science World and it yep. has like the park near Science World and it has a bunch of these things. But then there's a giant robot with laser eyes and then there's a sign that says eatery flashing and then there's a ton of people walking around. It looks like it looks like if the city from Fifth Element and Vancouver were smashed together <laughs> and conceived of by a drunk artist. Yeah. Yeah. There's or, that and then like every once in a while, well, Every few seconds, this guy parachutes down and then two planes fly by that says, eat funky sushi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely wild. Yeah. So so just to give that that kind of energy, that goes into the, the building itself where it's not particularly low ceilings, but it's down enough that for a taller guy like me, you kind of have to like worry about where you walk <laughs> because of the... the sea creatures hanging from the ceiling yeah yeah and then they'll have sometimes one small tv playing a movie in the corner oh my so gosh. there's there's not like the game on at any given point or anything yeah. so it's very like go in and socialize with your your friends and stuff love that now to un- that concept then got us applied to the menu and the menu is think about it, well, they have your basic sushi menu. Yeah. And then they did it three times as big. So the menu is massive. It's not quite Cheesecake Factory size, but it's probably one of the biggest menus in Vancouver. And you can still get the basic, you know, California roll, dynamite roll, stuff like that, spider roll, those kind of things. You can still get, you know, platters and sunomonos and stuff. But mm-hmm. even just small little things like the sunomono that you get, they come with the noodles tied into a bow so instead of getting just kind of a a lump of the rice noodles they're actually tied into a bow and you can eat them kind of in like three little bites which is really interesting and then they have it's also the only place that i've seen in vancouver although i haven't been to every sushi restaurant of course of course that has a taco sunomono salad and taco is octopus and so typically you're used to seeing, you know, avocado or ebi, sometimes salmon in the Sunomono salad, but this one is, has octopus leg in it, which is really interesting. It was the first time I had ever had octopus as well. Wow. But what I really want to talk about on the menu is their funky creations. And so this is a little section on their menu. Well, first of all, there's about 30 plus options. And then every day they have about 10 of those options available on a discount. So Monday through Sunday, they have different discount days for different roles. You'll get $1 to $3 off depending on the role. And I want to highlight a few of them. Okay. So they have Captain Crunch, which is a California roll. And then it's battered and deep fried and covered with unagi mayo. (laughs) Uh They have a KFC roll, which is... The description is just, the colonel would be proud. A chicken cutlet topped with avocado and unagi mayo. <laughs> so it's a, it's a chicken cutlet in the roll, and then it has avocado and unagi mayo on top. Oh my god. They have rolls with bacon and avocado, or sorry, bacon and asparagus in it. The, uh, the two that are must-haves when you go there, especially if it's your first time, There's one called the Volcano. Tuna, scallop, salmon, and avocado roll. And then it's dumped spicy crab on top and so it's it's stacked up like a little mountain and then the spicy crab meat is like 
flowing over top of it, like lava out of a oh, volcano. God, that's awesome. And so every bite, you just get this huge chunk of spicy crab meat on top. It's so good. And then the other one in a similar idea is called the Japanese Fortress. And it's a, it's a spicy tuna and cucumber roll, which sounds simple. But then it's loaded with like a half pound of yam fries on top. And then oh. I think it's like a chipotle mayo or something drizzled on top of it. So you're, you're, you're having, you have this like little piece of sushi and then eight pieces of yam fries on top of it. And it's just so much fun to go there, share a bunch of just really special inventive roles with your friends. Yeah. It's not just doing something exciting, but it's also doing it very well, of course, which is the reason why I'm talking in general. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, I've been so bored of sushi lately that I've been when I do get sushi, I'll only get maybe one roll and then I'll get like a teriyaki bowl and, and a tempura and sunamono, whatever, different, different things that kind yeah. of change the flavor profiles around. Yeah. But because the eatery is so funky that I've never gotten anything but sushi from there, wow. except for sunamono because I love, I can't live without sunamono. Yeah. So, they have, you know, they have big bowls, they have donburis, they have nigiri, they have sashimi, all that kind of stuff that you can get. They have also a really cool appetizer section, which again, I've I've never had because I've always just gone straight to the rolls and said, hey, a sushi roll can be an appetizer. But <laughs> yeah. they have, yeah, they have some really cool appetizers that are just as chaotic and delightful, I assume. I've seen them go out. They look great. But one of them is called a bacon strip tease, which is four freshly sliced deep fried pieces of bacon. Oh my Drizzled gosh. with mayo and maple syrup. Oh. So, <laughs> Oh, that sounds so good. Oh. Yeah. And then, you know, they've got like little little versions of, of things. They've got something called a fat Elvis, which is slices of tempered avocado topped with tomatoes, green onions, and unagi mayo. So it's basically a salad. Uh, <laughs> And then in addition to that, probably a little under 10 years ago, they opened a sister restaurant on Main Street, which is called General Public. Right. And they have a more stereotypical kind of room right. where it's a lot cleaner. They do have a TV, but it's usually playing like an old movie. But they have a lot of the same uh, roles and, and menu items. Mm-hmm. But the menu is definitely toned down. They don't have kind of the peripheries. They're much more sushi roll focused and, yeah. and specifically the sushi as opposed to just all the Japanese cuisine. Right. I remember specifically as well, three baked rolls, yeah. which is instead of like tempura and deep fried, they actually make it and then they bake it. So there's one called a San Francisco, which is spicy crab, avocado, and then topped with salmon and melted with spicy mayo. They have a Mount Fuji, which is similar to the volcano roll. It's an avocado and spicy tuna crunch roll, baked, and then topped with crab and seared spicy mayo. So they 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 bake the roll, and then they put the crab on, mixed with the mayo, and then they torch that. So you get like a smokiness to it as well. So oh yeah, really, really just awesome. Just awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. And they're, they do specials all the time too. So it's, you know, whatever day of the week you go in, you can explore different roles that maybe you wouldn't normally get yeah yeah fair enough and like there's there's no shortage of uh special roles on the menu oh my goodness like there's everything it's not boring yeah it is definitely is the opposite of boring but you know what i love about it like it's obviously good quality and they've gone like 
super above and beyond to be creative and stuff, you don't get like massive prices. Like they're very right. reasonable for like comparatively to other sushi restaurants. Like it's not, it's not super expensive at all. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, you, you think about sushi being really cheap, at least it is in Vancouver, you know, you can get like $5 rolls, whatever, but yeah. those are for the basic rolls. So if yeah. you do get a specialty roll, they are comparable prices to this place. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say about this place is on their website. I don't know if you knew this or if you saw it, but they have a play and win and it's, you can choose a bunch of ingredients and submit it to the restaurant and they'll consider it for their menu. That's awesome. Yeah. They also have some really great merch, which I won't dive into, but if anybody's interested in some great sushi and Japanese food puns, check out their merch. It's a, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to have to check this place out when uh, next time we're in Vancouver, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm wow. surprised you haven't been there. I am too. I've never heard of this place. This is amazing. Awesome. So, the eatery is located at 3431 West Broadway in Vancouver. That's in the Kitsilano area. And General Public Sushi is located on Main Street at 3289 Main Street in Vancouver. Definitely go check them out. Depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for the whole experience, definitely go to the eatery. And if you're okay just trying the food, then General Public will do the job just fine. (laughs) Well, that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey. Taste BC Radio is recorded, edited, and produced by Jeff Wilson and me, Dan Kavanaugh. You can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes. Make sure to follow us at Taste BC Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. Tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next, and never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really does help us grow, and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep keep it tasty. tasty. Have you seen the new ones? No. Is there new ones? Apparently. There is Plum Sage, Yuzu Chamomile. Oh, I already talked about those. (laughs) Oh, shit. Sorry, you cut out for a minute, so. Oh, no, shoot, really? Yeah, so I started with the uh, vodka cocktails and then uh, the went on to the gin ones. Yeah.